podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Malby on the Spot, your weekly chance to catch up with Liverpool and Denmark legend Jan Malby here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Denny. I'm still here in my field in beautiful rural Ireland, and we're looking forward to catching up on not one, not two, not three, but four games, Jan, however that managed to happen, uh, and looking ahead to the next one in what is a steadily evolving and far more exciting conclusion to this season than we could have thought uh, the last time we spoke. Things have changed quite dramatically and even someone like myself who's trying to be horribly realistic um is getting dragged in by uh some of my pals as you looked around jan and you saw the way things were falling out with man united last night did you start to think this could be on i always felt that and 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 obviously we knew that united needed three uh nine points and i always felt that the three home games they had would probably take care of that. Having said all of that, they're not playing particularly well. Uh, the loss of Iran and, and Lisandro Martinez has obviously hurt them. Uh, on top of that, in the last two away games, two one of defeats. So obviously that tells his own story. Not managed to score any goals. So maybe it's just catching up with them a little bit. I don't think United have played well for for, for quite a while. Uh, and there will be people saying, "What about Newcastle?" I still think Newcastle is too strong. Uh, they won seven of the last nine. A lot of pace, a lot of physical strength. I think they'll be okay. So yeah, it's it's not quite a straight shootout between us and Manchester United because potentially with the game and Andy Goodbye points ahead of us, isn't it? But you know, it's it's. I mean, what can we do? We can win the last three games we've got, isn't it? And see where it takes us. Yeah, it's that old cliche about keeping them honest. Um, and the only way we can do that is, as you say, to win our games out and see what happens. Um, I I'm being a bit. I'm being a bit facetious. I still don't think it's really on. I, I, I can't envisage that kind of a collapse. But then I, I honestly didn't think the last two results would pan out the way they have either. But we're here primarily to talk about Liverpool. And like I, like you said, you reminded me, it's um, all the way back to Forest when we last spoke. So we, we've since had uh, a 2-1 win over West Ham, a 4-3 win over Tottenham, a 1-0 win over Fulham and a 1-0 win over Brentford. All of these one-goal margin victories. Um, variations in how convincing or otherwise we've been. Periods of time in all of those games where we've sort of invited the opposition on a little bit and, and had nervy ends to the games. But I think the consistent thing, Jan, is, and you can see this in the manager's face at the end of the game, there's that lovely feeling of getting victories over the line back to back again, doing the thing that we have been doing as a team under Klopp for five years now. And you can see the relief in him at the end. He's taking his cap off and all that. That's not a gesture of uh, arrogance. That's oh, relief, I think, as much as anything else. And that must that must be really reassuring. I've asked you about this before. Let me just tee it up to you this way about the concept of carrying momentum through from one end of one season into the next. Is that a thing, do you think? Because say we only managed to achieve the Europa League, which, you know, given where we were, is something. Um, is is there a lot to be said for nailing down these last few wins as well as a means of maybe carrying some momentum in or reminding us of who we are as a club? Obviously, there's, there's so many things in this season, isn't it? You know, and we're now, what, six consecutive wins. We're here to discuss the last four. They've all four been pretty unconvincing. Uh, the scorelines are pretty pretty unconvincing, as have the performances. 
and, and I think relief from Klopp, yeah, probably. I mean, but I think what he's drawn on now is probably some of the things we built up over the last four or five years. That's what he's drawing on now, isn't it? That know-how of how to win the games without being anywhere near our best. Is it is it worth, you know, finishing the season with what would be then nine straight wins? Yeah, of course it is, because I generally felt towards next season, no idea where we want to be uh, because of what had happened this season. Because how many players individually have fallen off the cliff and you think, well, is there a way back for those players? Uh, for some of them, there is. For others, there might not be. So we're slowly climbing towards something that we've been used to watching this ball. I still think it's too Listen, let's win the three games. Let's take nine straight wins into next season. Uh, it, it will certainly give us a feel-good factor. I just hope it doesn't cloud our judgment in terms of what we need. Uh, you know, because nine straight wins might just fool somebody and go, maybe we're not as desperate as we are. But I was at Liverpool on Saturday against Brentford, and I was at Arsenal, Chelsea, Arsenal, Newcastle yesterday, and I still think we're behind them in terms of quality and intensity or whatever. So there's still work to be be done. I think that's a really important point, and I heard a conversation today. Uh, it's one of the shows on the channel here, where the lads sort of get together as a fictional transfer committee, and they put forward who they they would, not what they think the club would, but who they would uh, loan, sell, uh, and keep, those three categories. And it was a really interesting conversation. And obviously, you know, because it's fans doing it and there aren't those kind of restrictions uh, that might be there from, from loyalty to money to who knows what else, it was pretty dramatic procedure. There was a lot of lads getting cut but I think a lot of lads have to get cut, yeah. And I wouldn't mind just having this part of the chat with you early on because you seem to be headed down that road yourself there. Um, those last few games, as we're watching Jim Milner rolled on, and we know he looks to be very close to a deal with Brighton now, so he's probably gone. We know Naby's gone. We know Ox is gone. Um, we know Bobby's gone. One of the big takeaways from the chat this afternoon was that it might be a really good idea for the captain to move on as well at this stage so he could go and have another kind of successful period or be a big fish in a, in a, in a smaller pool somewhere else or something like that because their take was if we get this new youthful midfielder uh, set that we need. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Two, three, four, however many. The lad's not going to play many games and that didn't go well with him the last time when he was a squad player. Um, he seemed to bristle at that a bit. So it's an interesting one. I mean... Is that where you see most of the change and is that where you see most of the deficiencies compared to, like you said, the City-Newcastle game? Is it around that midfield area? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all wishful thinking, isn't it? We go, we could do with change in eight or ten. Uh, that's probably highly unlikely. The biggest problem often you've got is, apart from the players who are out of contract, how do you actually convince the players to go elsewhere? Because mm. there's every chance they're going to be as close and less attractive football club. Then you have to get the players to accept a drop in wages as well. So that will cost us a little bit of money to try and make that up. So it's never as easy as, as, as you think. I don't have a problem with Jordan Henderson not liking not being in the starting eleven. Uh, I, I, I quite like the, the he wants to be involved, isn't it? Uh, I could see him hanging around being a few years ago it was Lalana, now it's James Milner. I could see Jordan Henderson around, hanging around doing a similar role on and off the field. Whether he accepts that or not, 
I don't know. Uh, because there will be no shortage. And there'll be no shortage of clubs just below the top six or top seven, isn't it? Whether that's the likes of Aston Villa, uh, you know, Brighton, West Ham, all those clubs will be absolutely desperate for a player of his quality, isn't it? But I could easily, Trevor, I could easily do a Tinder swipe here for you, you know what I mean? Right, they stay, left, they go, and suggest that maybe eight or ten, their sort of time with us almost look like it's come to an end, isn't it? But it, but it won't it won't be like that. There'll be the ones out of concert, they'll go, and then we'll look to sell a couple to try and get in some money. Is the point? It's very, very difficult, isn't it? But but the time has come. You know, this is the time now, isn't it, where we make some tough decisions. As supporters, the easiest thing in the world is to get tasked to players, isn't it? Oh, I really like him, and I don't think we should let him go, isn't it? And then the next thing you're staring at something, go, why is this happening? You know, and I think we all know why that is happening, is that we all become a little bit like Jurgen Klopp has been accused of. Just a little bit too loyal. Yeah, we uh, we spoke, you and I, about where the potential saleable assets were in this squad. And I think we were being conservative. My suggestions certainly were um, in terms of, you know, Cuevin Kelleher wants to play. He's top notch. He could make us some money. Maybe the likes of either one of Joe Gomez and Joel Matip will likely be sold, you'd imagine, to make us some money. Um but then it started getting into, well, where else do you start making decisions? And I think an awful lot of people sort of made their peace with maybe Diogo Jota. And then we've had this reminder of what it is that he's really good at lately. Um, one of the dramatic suggestions by the lads on the show was that a real saleable asset that we have, who might perhaps have seen his best days with us and who might actually not necessarily be the best fit for where we're going, I think you'd probably guess, is Andy Robertson. So that's an yeah, interesting one. Yeah, it is an interesting one. And obviously, the immediate interesting one is that you don't feel that we've got a left-back at the club currently who can do the jobs at the level that we play at. But Andy, and I think he will probably admit that himself, that he's not having a particularly good season. Uh, and again, he falls into that category of, is there a way back or not? Nobody will ever doubt his commitment. Nobody ever enjoys his enjoyment of playing for Liverpool. But it, but it is an interesting one. I actually thought you were going to say Thiago, uh, you know, because of the injury problems. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but Robbo, I can, I always find with, with, with transfers, Trevor, is that never, I don't like selling players that can still do a job for us just to raise money. I would rather we then went for cheaper options to bring in and keep all the qualities that we can still use at our football club. Let's not sell players. Let's not get rid of players that can still do a job for us, isn't it? And I think Robbo is right on the line, isn't he? You know, do we feel that there's a season two, three left in him? I don't know, but it's, it's, it's a good point. I hadn't really thought about uh, Andy Robertson. I had more thought of Thiago might be one that people might think that God love him, isn't he? But he just can't keep himself fit, isn't it? It's a real problem. It's a real problem. I imagine that would have a pro that would have a very serious impact on any uh, sale price we might be able to attract for him. There are rumours from uh, about Barcelona interest in Thiago, and they seem to be well founded. And um, I have no doubt that the player would would run a million miles uh, to get that move, not because he's disloyal to Liverpool are not necessarily happy but you know if he could finish his career there with that club and maybe win something else I'm sure that would be very appealing to him um, but it'd be about what could Barcelona possibly muster by way of fees they're, not, they're supposed to be in financial uh, you know turmoil as well so it's going to be an interesting one there to see like I, we had, I'd been catastrophizing to say oh what if we have to sell Mo Salah to fund these new, this rebuild uh, but now it just seems there are a few people who are sort of on that um, are they just past their, their 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 better days like Robbo like Hendo like Thiago who would previously have been untouchable and now I think people are maybe thinking huh who knows because if you could get a a too many in by relieving the squad of the uh, wages paid to Thiago and Henderson and uh, whatever accumulated fee we could get for both. I think most people would do that deal, yeah, because we are all, I think, desperate for this uh, 
reboot um and a, and a pretty serious one a one that might even i don't know what you think about this might even lead to a a genuine season of transition next year yeah maybe maybe, maybe so i mean you mentioned a few you mentioned the goalkeeper before Keller. uh you know you know i think there's clubs at the level that can pay 20 million for the goalkeeper that would be interested in it and i think that would be a good deal and then you make it up to 30 million based on all sorts of bonuses i think the only way you're going to get rid of tiago is by appearances bonuses i don't think you'll get a fee uh, but you'll be able to do a deal. You know, every time he plays five or ten matches, uh, there's going to be a significant amount of money being played. Uh, and also the fact that if it is Barcelona, who have no money, so that might be a deal. Henderson, you'll get good money for Henderson uh, because a lot of people see him uh, not just as a good Premier League player, but also as a, a real leader to go in. Uh, so you'll get good money for him. Uh, it would be very unlike Klopp to get rid of him, one of his chiefs, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, because he's always been very loyal towards those boys. No, I, I totally agree with this complete reboot, you know. Uh, let's let's start a rebuild because if not, and we've seen it, we, we know the level, yeah, and the level is, is is City, but Arsenal is not a million miles off City because if you look at Arsenal's games against all the other big teams, they, they, you know, they've had some really good results, you know what I mean? They, they, you know, they took four points from, from, from Newcastle, they took Three from Manchester United, they took four from Liverpool, uh, they took six from Spurs, they took six from Chelsea. So Arsenal are slowly moving into that as well, aren't they? Just above, below, but above the rest of us, you know what I mean? So at least we need to be in at Arsenal's level, don't we? And and to get to that level, you you might just need to, yeah, you might you might have to do some serious swapping about. Yeah, it does feel like that. It does feel like a big surgery might be needed. And, to focus more on the positives of what's happened over the last few games, I don't think many of us would have seen it coming, Jan, but there has been a, a, a Curtis Jones resurgence. Um, I honestly thought that Curtis had been semi-binned uh, by Jurgen, um, cast aside a little bit. Uh, but he's low-key being our best midfielder um, in terms of stringing together consistent performances over that run of games since we last spoke. And that's a very heartening thing to see. And when you think we have Bacetic to come back in, you can see how maybe, maybe then just two really high quality additions in that area could help restructure us almost completely. I think the Curtis Jones situation is to do with the summer uh, because Klopp needed to know, you know, and I thought if I get the boy fit, I need to play him. You know, almost regardless of how he plays, I need to give him a run of games so we can find out where it exactly he is. Are we at City's level? I don't think Curtis Jones is good enough to play in our starting eleven, but I think he's good enough to be part of the squad. And I think he's done well over the last five or six uh, games. And I, I, I assume he'll play the remainder of the games uh, because, as we saw against Brentford, you know, he was the, he was the preferred one alongside Fabinho in that midfield, isn't it? So he'll get his games, and I think Klopp will have a clearer. Because also, it's all very good saying. Is he good enough? Is he not good enough? But the next question is, is he good enough to play 10 games? Is he good enough to play 20 games on a bounce? You know, that, that's also something you need to find out, isn't it? Can this boy actually play 10, 11, 12 Premier League games on the bounce, keep himself fit? And as important as keep himself fit, keep it at a level, you know. We know he can do things. We know he has spots to pass. He has a bit of vision in him, isn't he? But can he do it again and again and again? To be fair to the kid. And I never thought there was a way back in for him. You know, I thought he'd run his course. We've seen him. We know what he's got. It's not quite enough, isn't it? But, you know, well done, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, 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 again, I'm so surprised to see that happen. I'm quietly delighted about it as well. And, I, you know, it, I'm looking for upsides. Um, and I, I find myself getting distracted by a potential downside here as well because, Madly enough, another part of the conversation the lads were having was as they were going through the forwards and who might and who mightn't be potential um, up for sale or uh, one that they would consider. Uh, at least two of the four were saying, well, if you look at the numbers, strictly look, look at the numbers um, and you look at the way in which the player has or has not settled into the system and the, the game intelligence and all the rest of it, Two of the four lads were saying our big money boy might well be up for a spin around. Now, they did, everyone did sort of qualify that by saying, well, we'd lose our arse in the deal. I mean, you just would. You're, you're not going to you're not gonna do some sort of a 
switcheroo with Darwin Nunes and not lose money because we paid heavily for him. And I think the upshot was you got to wait and see. You got to let this kid have a chance to settle in, learn the language properly, and see what can happen then. Because I have my my doubts about him. I I I love the chaos that he brought in that early part of the season when he was playing quite regularly. I don't really understand what happened to take him out of the team. Um, and I'm I'm understanding even less now the way Klopp is using him currently. It doesn't seem suited to him. And we don't seem to be worried about suiting him. We seem to be worried about making sure that we twist the whole team around uh, Trent being able to do things in midfield. We'll talk about that later on. But where do you where where are you where are you sitting with the Darwin Nunes success failure sort of st- uh, levels in terms of the this, this debut season for him? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others. On EPL index, we don't just have the Anfield index stuff. We've got EPL index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I've got to be careful I don't constrict myself here because what I said before is I don't like selling players that I still think could do a good job for us just to raise funds. Uh, where am I with Darwin? Mm. I have absolutely no idea, Trevor. Uh, what slightly worries me is that he's not getting any... He hasn't got any better as the season progressed. And it doesn't look like it's become clearer to him how we play. The last few games, or the last five or six games, with, with, with Shota, with Gakpo and Mo Salah, it's just a better feel. You know, we fill the pitch better. We play better. Uh, there's there, there's a better rhythm to the way that we play, isn't it? Uh, Darwin Nunez, I generally don't know. Does he play through the middle? I would suggest that through the middle, his first touch is maybe not good enough. And his tactical, his, his sort of ability to, to scan the pitch probably isn't good enough either. You know, that's a big role as a false number nine, isn't it? You've got to be able to scan where things are happening. So, so at the moment, I am reluctant, Trevor, which I guess you're exactly the same. I am reluctant because somebody will benefit. You know, somebody will benefit from Darwin Nunez. Uh, and I would very much like it to be us. Uh, I, I don't know how the boy feels himself. You know, because sometimes you can go, good player, great stroke, great player, just doesn't fit. You know, and that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. We go through over the last 20 years, Trevor. We'll, we'll, I mean, always one that comes to mind with me is Diego Forlan, who went to Manchester United and it was an absolute disaster. And he went elsewhere, played maybe a level below in it, but he played well for Uruguay in the World Cup and things like that. Isn't it? So it is possible that you land somewhere where you just don't fit. Uh, could that be the case? We're looking to say at the moment, and I would be looking to let him go, but I cannot guarantee you that things will get any better from it, Anfield. The only things mitigating circumstances are the language does seem to be a real issue. We saw uh, Tiago having to sort of intervene and, and interpret as he was getting onto the pitch there in a recent match. Um, and I'm watching the sort of way that he is, how he reacts, how his teammates react to him, how the fans have really taken to the lad. And it looks, Jan, to me as if it is just a matter of getting him to understand what it is that we need from uh, from him. And maybe that is a communication thing because most of the other things you'd be looking for seem to be in place, don't they? I mean, he does seem to have that uh, sort of camaraderie going on despite the language thing. And the fans, Jan, love the lad. Like, he's ridiculously popular. His chant is the loudest you hear. It's uh, Everyone's excited to see what he's going to do. 
And I think it's just a bit of a shame that he's been pretty underwhelming in what we've seen of him recently. You know, I I, 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 I feel for him a bit because I'm not sure that if you're getting shoved around from pillar to post in terms of what you're being expected to do and what task you're being expected to do, um, that must be a difficult situation. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not sure he's capable of turning this around, but I, I generally don't know. I, I can't be 100% sure. I think in terms of with the fans is that the fans look at a player who he just looks like he's somebody desperate, desperate to succeed in front of a fan base that I was really surprised how quickly they took to him. You know, sometimes you need to do a bit more before you get the fans completely on board, isn't it? But the fans see what he invests. The fans are desperate for the kid to do well, isn't it? So he's 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 reached a level in terms of popularity already that what he's brought in terms of playing-wise, he doesn't deserve, isn't it? But I just think that the fans look at him. They like the background. That that sort of Uruguay, you know, they'll they'll never give up. We obviously remember the last superstar we had from Uruguay, so I think all those things is the. But I like the fact that the fans are so supportive of him. Uh, as of yet, he hasn't been enough. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. And um, I, I, I personally, the all the talk about massive uh, cuts to the squad and all that, I'd be a bit like you. I, I think we have to be realistic and and understand who it is. Uh, we're dealing with here. The, this man is not going to change his stripes completely overnight and just take a, a, a shears to his team. And he's already losing some uh, a, a massive, massive favourite uh, of his in James Miller. We know we've read the quotes, Jan. He he's been trying to convince Miller to stay. Um, you know, which is a that's a remarkable thing. Uh, it, 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 that's a remarkable. It's it's either a remarkable show of loyalty or there's so much more that Miller does that a lot of us don't really understand around the club itself that helps Jurgen. Um, the the other upside in terms of the last couple of weeks has been the slow reintroduction of Luis Diaz, and we've seen a few, we've gotten a few insights and and reminders of what a special footballer this guy is the strength and the vision and the ability to dribble and um, break through the lines and pick a pass and then the finish for his goal recently as well uh, outrageous and again I worry that like you said earlier on that we might be doing a little bit of paper and over cracks with some wonderful talent coming back into the squad and uh, this run that we're going on uh, and, you know, forget the fact that we do need that layer behind these fantastic front, front players that we have to be that bit better. Just on Diaz, focusing the positive rather than the negative, he does look like a lad who's absolutely in his element as well. To have settled in the way that you'd hope he would as well. And he looks, yeah, Jan, like he could put together a really, really fantastic season for us next year. I, I'm gotta, gotta say, I'm really looking forward to it. Like I was looking forward to seeing this campaign, but alas, we were denied by the injury. I can't wait to see what this guy does over a solid season for Liverpool. Yeah, and I think that's the only way that the club look at it. Uh, I haven't really given it a second thought. He's come back after a long injury, you know, and I thought it would go a bit like it has. You know, he'll mainly come off the bench. He'll start the odd game. And he'll do what he what he does. Uh, and in the end, when you look at the games he will play from when he came back to the end of the season, you'll go, some were good, some were not so good. But after a, a lengthy layoff, and as a relatively soon new player, I don't have a problem with that. Then he's going to have a rock-solid pre-season, uh, and then away we go. Uh, and then, then that's when we need to see the, the real Diaz in, it, in terms of assists and more goals. But that's a... You know, sometimes the players coming back from injury and you go, not quite sure. Like, I, don't, I don't have a second... I don't have a worry about this kid. You know, I mean, this kid is going to be absolutely fine. He's got a great attitude. He's 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 got a he's developed a way of playing, hasn't he? That excites people, isn't? So I'm not overly worried about him. I think he's he as as long as club will have him ready for the 12th of August, uh, I'm, I'll be absolutely delighted. The last time we spoke, we were talking about the ridiculous uh, consistency of Mohamed Salah and the 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 outrageous numbers that he's put together as a, as a as a striker for Liverpool the goals per game ratio it's outrageous 
the the fact that he's just cruising through that list, knocking over Skittles one by one. It looks like he's got um, the next place within his sights uh, and will overhaul Billy Little pretty soon as well, like we were talking about the last day. And I suppose sometimes we underestimate because maybe he wasn't just at his very best um, for a while there. We can underestimate just what a, an outrageous talent he is. Do you feel like a lot of this season has been compromised, including perhaps Mo's ability to impact the game by some of the tactics that we've seen? You know, the seemingly the insistence on keeping him along the touchline, which really was weird and jarred a bit with me because it left him out of the game a lot. Um, I suppose what I'm asking you here not, is not so much a Mo Salah question. It's a do you think Jurgen has a full focus on what it is he's trying to do, or is he kind of firefighting as he goes? A lot of people are looking at his Trent experiment now, and they're wondering, you know, is it just a transitional stage to seeing Trent as an actual midfielder, which an awful lot of people had talked about. We, we spoke about it ages ago, and we were saying, why would you do that, considering he can quarterback a game from right back in a way that virtually no other footballer in the world can do so why would you change things but it seems to be very much part of the plan to change it and it's i don't know what you think man and you're the expert here it's really encouraging to see what he can do it's range of passing from the middle of the field i'm thinking about the ball into nunez there at the, at the weekend where he, the 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 uruguayan kid really should have just belted at home and contrived to miss it but the vision is outrageous, and we see pass after pass like that. We see at least two or three outrageous passes a game from this kid. Do you think there this is an evolution, or do you think Klopp is going to do this convoluted thing that we seem to be doing at the moment? Because for me, it's it's overly complex, and it's it's very interesting experiment, but I don't know that it works. So I wonder, is it like a transitional thing just to ease him into it, or what do you think is happening here? I think we're between systems. Uh, you know, I, I think Klopp is, is dipping his toe in the water and thinking, uh, how do we get the best and the most from, from, from these players? I mean, you can sort of argue about the trend. What we've achieved, we've got Trent playing well, again. So that in itself is a plus, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and how you want to view, I, I suggested we did this for Danish TV, is that Look how other people struggle to play the passes that he plays. You know, how other people can't get the right club out the bag and play the... He never has that problem, does it? You know, he's always played with the right temperature, isn't he? You know, I mean, everything is absolutely spot on, isn't it? But I think, I think we're in between systems. I don't think Klopp feels comfortable that Trent has to come from right back into a role as a number six and then have a relatively free role in midfield as well when other teams are going to break on us. Uh, so I don't think he's 100%. Uh, convinced by that either. I do think that Klopp maybe looks at Manchester City sometimes and think what they do with their wide men, especially this season with, with them having Holland, is that they keep really wide and maybe that's what he thought, we can do that with Mo and then we can play in the spaces in between but it hasn't quite worked. I think we've learned what you need to, is to get Mo involved, isn't it? You know, need, He needs to be involved even when he's not playing well, he needs to be further in, he needs to be it's a bit like on a, on a different level to Nunez in terms of the sort of almost chaos he causes, isn't it? Because he's so quick, he's so strong, he never wants to go to ground. He's always looking for the goal, isn't it? But I think the big thing is, Trevor, we're in between systems. I can't see us going ahead with Trent having that sort of dual role. If he's going to go and play in midfield, uh, then we need a right back. I, I, I think mm. it's too hard to say, Trevor. I think it's too, I mean, there was things that worried me. Forest at home, they beat them 3-2, but they could have scored more. They can't score away from home. Spurs scored three. They could have possibly had, had more. Isn't it? So there's a plus and a minus. The plus is definitely that we've got Trent playing well again. Yes. Uh, to the extent that you wouldn't be surprised to see him in the shake-up for uh, being one of the players of the season next season in midfield if he were to uh, uh, persist in that in that position um i'm just wary about tearing the whole thing up i don't know how comfortable jürgen seems uh, 
where a team isn't playing Jurgen football. And I, I wonder, will the recruitment reflect that? Will we be going back to a more traditional thing? As you say, we just be, could be in between things at the moment. Um, a lot of that recruitment, I imagine, is already done um, in terms of the lists are made and we'll get whoever we get in terms of being lucky enough to get our favorite, our top picks or not. We've seen Liverpool already being priced out of at least one and probably two of the players that most people wanted badly at the club. Uh, the Jude Bellingham thing it turned into an embarrassment for me, Jan. I'd like to get your take on that in a second. And Moises Caicedo as well now appears is, is beyond our reach in terms of the the price tag on, on that kid. So it's going to be very interesting that we have a topic coming up in a minute, which will be about recruitment in the future. But what are you making about of, of this? What did you make of the, because I never got a chance to talk to you about this, about the way that, that, that things broke with the Bellingham story. And it just ended up being like every other bloody thing has been um, almost every summer uh, for the last while, certainly on in FSG's reign. It's always the poor mouth. It's always the clock rolling out and saying, well, we can't do what other clubs can do. It does stick in the craw a bit, Jan, considering the high level of, of performance and uh, achievement. You'd like to see him being backed. You'd like to see him. You'd like to see some maybe a little bit of mad money getting spent to back this guy to see what he could really, really do. It, 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 the Bellingham thing, I have to say, I found it just borderline embarrassing. What was your take? Yeah, I mean, I felt it was totally unnecessary for the club to to publicly lose face like the way they did. Uh, there, there really is no excuse. You're going after, potentially, uh, once-in-a-lifetime footballer, and you know it's going to be expensive because other clubs are going to be interested. And the only other clubs that are interested are clubs at your level in terms of being attractive. And here I'm talking about Real Madrid or Manchester City. So it's not as if we can go, yeah, but he'll come to Liverpool because the other clubs aren't, you know. So we always knew that this was going to be the one deal. It's a bit like the extension of Mohamed Salah's contract, isn't it? We knew this one was going to test us. This was going to, was going to take everything we were prepared to pay, isn't it? And we must have known the same with Jude. This will have to take everything we can muster. Where can we find the money from? Structure the deal, wages and everything, isn't it? So I, I, I'm a bit, little bit like, like, like you. If, 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 if you say A, we should have said B, and then... It's a look at the draw, isn't it? But once we've gone A, we should have gone B, and we should have given it a go. Uh, and, and we've we've decided to walk away from the deal. Some people will say that's very clever. I think it maybe just lacks a little bit of ambition, you know, because if 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 that's how we're going to be doing our deals, and you make you mentioned Caicedo now, we're looking at McAllister. Uh, there's there's some reports coming out that that he has a clause, although it's not a straightforward release clause. So. He ain't going to be cheap. He's going to be 70 million, isn't he? Uh, so what are we going to do with that one? Uh, difficult, isn't it? That's the level we're playing at. You want to improve your team, that's the money you have to spend. It is. And there are all sorts of rumours about potential financial deals that are going on in the background that might end up funding something. Who the hell knows? It just feels like the same old bullshit that, that gets recycled every year. And... I'm sick of it. I'll be honest with you. I'm sick of it. I, I and and I, I realize that the pool out there, Jan, of owners who are wealthy enough to fund the sort of ambitious signings that we want, and you, I suppose trouble-free enough and 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 uh, reputationally uh, solid enough that would be okay with a Liverpool fan base, that's a very small pool, right? There are not many people out there who tick all those boxes. So I understand it's it's kind of complaining. And I suppose my problem is, I don't know if, do you ever hear this or do you come across this? Maybe it's just maybe the online fan thing or I find an awful lot of people who are almost defenders of FSG ahead of even the club. They are they go out of their way to talk to you about how they've been excellent custodians and um, they have funded this and they have funded that and the club is so well run and 
you know we don't you know we make a profit and all that type of thing and it's a weird almost like a fetish that these people seem to have where they take fsg as the thing that they support as opposed to liverpool football club and whereas i could understand that when all was well well it's not and when we clearly need money investing in the club i found now that i've started swaying away and wanting really wanting somebody who can who can match the ambitions that that, that 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 the manager has that the club has in terms of the type of players we should be pointing our nose towards i don't know do you feel that there's any sort of a build-up of of that frustration um amongst people you speak to i wouldn't say i come across that a lot but but i think if we did a list trevor you know of of, of good and bad uh, there will be a number of things on the good list uh, in terms of the investment that they put into the club whether that's the brand new mainstand we've got, we now get one behind the goal in the Anfield Road end. We have one of the smartest training grounds anywhere in, 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 in world football. Uh, so in terms of all those, yes, we can't knock them in terms of that. But, you know, we wanted a bit more. And I think the reason that we wanted a bit more is that we climbed our way back to the top of the pile. You know, and that's not easy. Everybody knows how long it took, but we climbed our way back to the top of the pile, isn't it? Uh, and there's, there's one thing that's going to knock you off the pile. That's a lack of investment. And that's where we are now. You know, the, the training ground isn't going to win any points for us. Uh, you know, we, we need, we now need this. This is the next step. This is a le- next logical step in things that you do for us. You know, when the team was rolling along and we thought maybe there's a, there's a couple of seasons where we don't need to invest heavily, although we would have preferred to do it, but we go, okay, then we got a new stand and then we got a new training ground. Well, now we desperately need of recruitment for the for for, for you and club some get him get him some players isn't it so that would definitely be on the bad list of things that they've done or failed to do while they've been at liverpool i don't need a vpn i've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what i used to tell myself before i hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but i can now access all the websites i want whenever i want and do so from absolutely anywhere as a liverpool fan I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. <laughs> I like that, yeah. There's not going to be any... Uh parades for uh for a training ground or for fantastic sponsorship deals uh or clever management uh, these are all things that are lovely but you don't celebrate them as fans you know it's not really something i can get that excited about as a, as a fan um i meant to ask you and i'll forget so if I, I, I better ask you now in the interim since we spoke um, we had technical uh, issues my end here, which is why, by the way, I, I apologize to viewers and listeners. Uh, my set- setup here is, is acting weird. I don't know why. So I'm using the the microphone on the computer and the camera on the computer. And I, that's it is what it is. Uh, sorry, but we want to get a show out to you. So this is the way it is. And I, I know it doesn't sound as good as normally, but um, I'll get on top of it. I just I'm very time poor at the moment in the evenings. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you because since you and I tried to do the show this day last week, I know that you've been over here. Uh, I'd have loved to get over to see the gigs that you guys are doing, um, doing a few uh, speaking uh, 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 tours and, and a night, nights out with um, a few of your ex-colleagues. How did that go? Was that an enjoyable sort of a thing or at this stage, do you find yourself rolling your eyes because you've heard the stories a million times, or how does how does that go? No, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I first and foremost, I came looking for you, Trevor. I missed you, uh, 
And I thought, how am I going to find this guy? So I, I, I went to Ireland and I went to Dublin looking for you. And then went to Cork and Limerick. <laughs> Unfortunately, you, you can't make it. No, actually, it's a Liverpool legend show. Uh, I, I quite like it because we have a host that interviews you. And it's a lot about current stuff. And I think that's where the punts are at. They get a couple of stories from us in terms of how did we get to Liverpool and your sort of main memories of playing for Liverpool. But apart from that, it's a lot of current stuff, which I enjoy. Uh, and I enjoy that from, what be careful what we say, isn't it? But almost from like a persistent strength because I watch a lot of football and I don't just watch Liverpool, you know. Uh, so in, in, in terms of that, I'm well up on what's happening. And, so, and I think the punters enjoy that. And I think they enjoy when you're capable of making taking it somewhere else than what they expect. Uh, so I, I had McMahon, Ronnie, Steve McMahon and Ronnie Whelan with me. Uh, so, so we had some good fun and, you know, some of the current stuff we, we always argue about, uh, you know, how do we refresh the squad and who should we get and who's to blame or whatever, you know what I mean? And, you know, Steve McMahon has a very black and white sort of uh, opinion about everything and me and Ronnie are a bit more trying to look at it from both angles and whatever. And so, no, the, the punters enjoyed it and there was terrific crowds even on a Wednesday when Liverpool played Fulham. Uh, we had a good turnout in, in Dublin, like we always do. You know, it, it never seems to amaze you how many supporters we've got in, in, in Ireland generally, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's it is it's 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 bananas the amount of people over here who are just ridiculously fanatical Reds who go to something like that at the drop of a hat, the the chance to go and see you guys talking and I'm just listening to you saying there, you know, um sometimes you argue um, you, you do surprise me with Steve McMahon and Ronnie Will, I'm sure I'm sure. I'm sure, having interviewed both lads, I'm sure it's very, very possible there might be an argument or two, uh, strong opinions had uh, on various topics. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but more of that at some other stage. Uh, probably in the summer, we may actually get into a little bit of that. We might actually try and get one of the lads on here with us at some point to have a bit of a chat about uh, a specific topic. But like you say, we keep it current. I think that's the secret, isn't it? Uh, to stop you fellas from feeling bored that you're telling the same old stories. And and also, uh, we're lucky um, that we do have you able to do that. Because it, I, I, I know you won't say anything here now. I know you won't because you'll try to be uh, politically correct to your, to your ex-colleagues and stuff. But so many lads who are doing this on Sky and various other platforms, yeah, and they're stealing a living because they don't really, and I, I, and so even a couple of legends on, on RT, um, I used to love watching Johnny Giles, but in the later years, he just, he doesn't, he wasn't watching any football at all. So he was relying on his stock phrases and his old opinions and he just trot them out. Um, so it is refreshing when you can actually have a conversation with someone about a player that's in the news and they might actually have a clue who that is and have some information about them and the way they play. And each week we do this, and this is not blowing smoke. This is the fact. Each week we do this, I go through the opposition and say, who do you think might be a threat and whatever? And it's always there, that info. You always have an angle on it. So it is fortunate for this show that you you are so up to date with it. And it, that kind of brings us on to the next topic, which is looking at the potential for what might happen between now and the end of the year. And currently, I don't know what it, what, what it is now, but when we when we started recording this, there's a mad result going on where Everton are were 3-0 up against Brighton. Uh, a remarkable state of affairs. And the bottom is as exciting as what's going on at the top. Um, it's a remarkable kind of a league. And I asked you four, three weeks ago when we did this, or yeah, two and a half weeks ago when we did this, um, four games ago anyway, what you thought might be the case in terms of where the table might end up. And looking at it now, I don't know if that game, oh, yeah, that game is finished and Everton did win. And now we have the bottom of the table, just looking at it there, after 35 games played we have Southampton 34 games played sorry we have Southampton on the bottom uh with a very uh paltry points total altogether it's uh a worry for them I think they're pretty not look not looking great at all there on 28 points but Nottingham Forest are only two points ahead of them uh with the same amount of games played Leeds have a game more played 
but they do actually have a considerable amount more points on 44 and then you're up to Leicester uh, and Everton. Um, what do you think is going to happen there in terms of points overall? Uh, at the, it, 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 how do you see that going? Uh, sorry, I was, I was calling it the wrong number. Southampton 24, Forest. Is that right? Well, could, could all those guys be on the same points at the end? Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. All on 30 points. Oh, my God. Right, so you've got Forrest, Leeds, and Leicester all on 30 points. Uh, Forrest have a game in hand on those boys. It's they incredible. Play, yeah. That game is kicking off in a minute, isn't it? Uh, Forrest yeah. Southampton uh, this evening. We're doing this on a Monday night. Uh, I'm convinced when we did this a couple of weeks ago, because I haven't changed my mind over the last few weeks, and I thought it would be Southampton, Forrest, and Leeds. Uh, okay. Uh, and, I, and nothing has changed my mind. Uh, not even big Sam going in. Uh, yeah, talk to and, me about that. What, what do you make of that appointment? Because that to me now just seemed like too little, too late. Uh, I, I found it really weird. Unless they're planning to just keep him there with the idea that they probably are going to get relegated and he might be the person to get them up. I, I don't know. What's the thinking there, do you think? I spoke to somebody who covers Leeds and they said that Leeds is win at Anfield is the reason they get relegated. Had they lost, had they lost, the manager would have gone prior to the World Cup. The new manager would have had a couple of games and then the six weeks of the World Cup to get his team ready for when they came back after the World Cup because I believe Leeds only had two or three players at the, at the, at the World Cup. So that is the feeling at Leeds, that winning wow. two Anfield kept Jesse Marks in the job. Uh, and it took a while before they eventually... Uh, let him go. Sam Allardyce, it's it's a joke, Trevor. Football now moves at such a pace in terms of ideas. It's not a surprise that he's brought in two young assistants in Robbie Keane and Carl Robinson uh, because he needed somebody with fresh ideas because I don't think he has it anymore. But he's had one job in the last five years. That was at West Brom. When he went into West Brom in December, they were two points from safety. Eventually, they got relegated. 13 points from safety. So he couldn't improve them. He won't improve Leeds either. I, I just can't see it. I know people say about Leicester, who today lost 5-3 to Fulham. Uh, but I still think that Leicester, which is shown today, got a goal in them. And I, I think they need to win one game. And it'll probably be enough for them. Let's hope it's not uh, next Monday to win their game. Is the yeah. I, I, and if there's every chance... That Forest might beat Southampton tonight, but I still don't think it'll be enough. Uh, I still think Everton will win one other game. Uh, it'd be great if they beat Manchester City because it'll keep the title race going, isn't it? But I think Everton will win another game. Uh, so I haven't changed my mind. Southampton, Forest, and Leeds. So let's focus more on the end that we're interested in now. And we can see all of a sudden, and it's getting people excited. I don't know if it's premature, Jan. It's getting people excited because United basically uh, made a bit of a mess of things last night in a spectacular fashion. And they've had a couple of losses now on the bounce. Um, their form isn't great. Uh, they are now only a point ahead of the Reds with a game in hand. So as you said earlier on, were they to win that? And I always think of them as winning that. That's a four-point gap. And I don't necessarily think that that um that's overhaulable um however we should look at the, the 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 fixtures that that they have left and the fixtures that we have left and we'll start with the reds you know you mentioned leicester's one of them it's the next one it's um a full week's time from now which is i i, I don't think this is ideal because i've i think an awful lot of the reason why we're in this ro- winning run is that we are a momentum team and it seems to really suit our rhythm to play every three, four days. Um, so that makes me slightly ne- nervous. And the fact that Leicester will really be scrapping. Um, but anyway, it is what it is. We play them. We also play uh, Villa at home uh, on Saturday week, uh, which I'm lucky enough to be going to. And then we have Southampton away to finish the season out. Now, when we were talking about this run and you were looking ahead to this and it was a far bigger group of fixtures left, I think it was eight, nine at that time. 
And you were saying, well, it's actually possible that we could get, you know, seven wins in a draw or whatever. And look, we're on track to do that, Jan. Do you still see that being the case? Do you see Leicester getting put away, Villa getting put away, and uh, Southampton getting put away? Because I think you were thinking that Villa might be the tight one because Villa were far more in it back then, whereas they've fallen away. So I'm interested to see what you think is the likely outcome of those points-wise for Liverpool. Can we finish on 71? Do you think that's doable? Yeah, I mean, when we discussed it, Trevor, there was eight games to go and I thought we'd win seven and draw one, which I think yeah. at the time we'd have been delighted with. Uh, I thought with Villa and possibly their involvement, but, you know, two 1-0 defeats at Manchester United and at Wolves, that's probably put pay to that. So I actually now look at the Leicester game as being a tricky one. Uh, mainly yeah. because a lot of the teams near the bottom don't have a real attacking threat, do they? You know, Southampton don't score goals, Leeds don't score goals, Everson generally don't score goals. They don't have an attacking threat. Leicester do. You know, with, with James Madison and Harvey Barnes, Vardy's back in, maybe not playing particularly well, but he's still a threat because he's always looking to run in behind and stretch the play, isn't it? So I think they've got a goal threat, and that's the one thing that slightly worries me when we got to go to, 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 to Leicester because, yeah, at some stage it's all very good saying, Leicester probably got the best squad of the bottom five, but they need to win a game. Uh, they can't keep going. We'll be all right. We'll be all right, isn't it? And I just think that if you if you're in, in doubt about the commitment from any of the Leicester players, it's probably Liverpool at home that will take their fancy. That's probably going to be the one go. Oh, I'm up for this. This is probably the one where James Madison goes. Let me just show everybody what I can do here. And so I think. Of the three now, Leicester's the tricky one. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, like I say, I don't know that this break in in, in the momentum we've built will necessarily help us. Um, but anyway, it remains to be seen. That's interesting. Um, but tricky or not tricky, obviously you're still thinking that nine points is possible, um, which would mean 71. United have four games. They play Wolves, they play Bournemouth, they play Chelsea, they play Fulham. You would you would surely have thought, uh, if it was a little bit earlier in the season, that nearly all of those were gimmies. Wolves, they're at home for, they go to Bournemouth, and they're at home against Chelsea and Fulham. So three of their last four are home games. That should stand in their favour as well, you'd have thought. Do you see anyone being capable of taking the three points off them that we need to occur here. Well, actually, we probably, we need a little bit more than that, don't we? Uh, yeah. Do you see, we need, we need, a, we need a, a, a loss and a draw, basically, I think is where, where we're at. Between Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea and Fulham, do you think that's possible? Yeah, I can make a case for most of them. Uh, and, and, and the main reason for that being that I don't think Manchester United are in particularly good form. They've been immense at Old Trafford. They haven't lost the Premier League game at Old Trafford since the first day of the season when Brighton beat them 2-1. So they've been very good at home. But it's all very good saying, we give, away, we give up the away games and now we play at home and we'll be OK. But, you know, in a week, you, you, you've gone to Brighton and West Ham and lost 1-0 twice. So your home games then become harder, don't they? Because you're not in good form. You know, and the, the sort of anxiety will, will now be in the stands, you know. Because, because all of a sudden now the people are looking and thinking not getting in the top four would be a disaster, but not getting in the top four because Liverpool take us on the last day of the season would be an even bigger disaster. And so all of a sudden you get this you get this sort of atmosphere with the game. So I can make a case for all of them. I can make a case for Wolves because I think they've got an excellent manager who can organise his team, although you're losing 6-0 at Brighton the other day. It's not a good result, but since then they bounced back beating Aston Villa. Uh, I can make a case for Bournemouth because Bournemouth are in excellent form. Uh, I know they lost to Chelsea, but they've been in really, really good form. Chelsea is the interesting one because if Chelsea, and surely at some stage they must find some form, so they win 3-1 at Bournemouth, is that the form that they find where they might finish the season with a couple of wins? They've got all the tools to go to Old Trafford and, and do a job. They've got loads of good players. And Fulham, I like Fulham. Fulham are without some of their best players. Mitrovic is suspended, Pereira is, 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 is out after an operation. But still, they've got some great players. They've had a great season. They'll give it a go. I was at the FA Cup game when 
United beat Fulham 3-1. They were lucky. Fulham played them off the park. So I can make a case for all of them, uh, but it is going to be difficult. Yeah, I think Mitrovic suspension might even be over by then. I think that it, by the last season. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Wasn't yeah, so 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 that could be that could be helpful to them as well. It's just it's it, it is a big ask. So United are obviously the ones we have to focus on, and 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 it because it's not in our hands. All, as you can say, all we can do is look through their fixtures, and like you say as well, you you can see reason why it could happen, especially if 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 United started to wobble, and they may already have started to wobble. That's an interesting potential. The other teams that are in it are Newcastle, and then behind us we've got Tottenham and Brighton. Now Tottenham do seem to be on a decline, and they are now currently in sixth place. But they have, with the same amount of games played as us, they have, is it, five points less. Brighton have seven points less, but they also have two games in hand over us. And if they won tonight, they could have theoretically overhauled us if we didn't win all our games. So um, I'm looking at what they have left. Um, I, I, we'll start with Newcastle. Again, people were wondering, oh, is there a wobble in them as well? You've seen them recently. I, I don't necessarily think you should read. We can read too much into the the, the most recent defeat. Um, they have left Leeds, which you know Leeds are going to be scrapping. They have Brighton. They have Leicester. They have Chelsea. It's a lot of crossover here in the clubs that they face as well. We've said something about all of those. I assume you think Newcastle are pretty much safe in the top four, do you? Or do you think there's any reason to fear that? No, I don't. Uh, you can look at, you can make an argument again for, of course, playing two of the team scrapping against relegation. Leeds will be scrapping, Sam will be doing everything, but they lack quality, Trevor. They lack desperately, they lack quality. Uh, they play Brighton at home. Brighton, I mean, they've got City, Arsenal. And Newcastle left, and that's a tough program, isn't it? Uh, and Newcastle at home are very good. They've only lost two games at home all season, isn't it? Leicester, they'll probably beat Leicester, and then the Chelsea game probably. Newcastle put themselves in this position slightly unexpected. We didn't expect this at the start of the season. I think we're all thinking Europe, maybe top six, top seven. They're not going to throw this. They're not going to let this allow this to slip away. They got too much experience. Newcastle is not a young squad. It's an experienced squad. They can deal with this. The ones we've got to look at is Manchester United. Newcastle have got everybody fit and available. And most people are playing well. They won seven in the last nine games. Not a problem. The ones we've got to look at are United. They're wobbling. Important players missing. Important players loss of form. They can't find a striker. The manager, you can see it in the manager's face. He's thinking. I, I believe a couple of weeks ago, they were 12 points clear of us. You know. Now it's one. Okay, they got a game in hand. But a couple of weeks ago, they were 12 points clear of us. And Eric is thinking, you know. But what a swap that would be, Trevor. If they won the league coming in the FA Cup final and they don't finish in the top four, there'll be fans going, you rode the wrong fucking horse. <laughs> you know what? I can't tell you how much glee it would give me. I'd almost enjoy them missing out in the top four as much as us sneaking in there. It would be tremendous. We'll talk about that as we come on. We have a show to do next week and we've gone a little bit long here. I'd like you to have a look if you wouldn't mind between now and then and see what you make of this George Schmatke guy who it looks like we're going to appoint um, and I'd love to have a chat to you about that and next week as well, our next show about the refereeing because we've come off the back of uh, shit show by Anthony Taylor and an even worse one by Paul Tierney so it would be very interesting to hear your take on what's going on there and if there's anything afoot but we will wrap it up there for this week it's been another fantastic show so again Jan throwing topics at you left right and centre and you're dealing with them so I appreciate that very much so for another show thanks very much at least give me the chance Trevor Leicester 2 Liverpool 4 I think it's going to be <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the clock and panicking, fella. I don't want to keep you. <laughs> One thing we must never do, Trevor, is panic. It doesn't suit us. It doesn't suit us. It doesn't suit us. I'm glad one of us had our eye on the traditions of the show. So fair play to Jan for that. That was Jan Mulby. I'm Trev Denny. And we'll be back with you for this show next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.